Hey, I'm MJ Taller, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey everybody, what's up? It's your boy MJ. Welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is a husband, father, foodie, wine connoisseur, NBA champion, and owner of Chosen Family Wines, mm. Channing Fry. Um, during his four-year NCAA career, Channing started 119 of 133 games for the University of Arizona Wildcats. He was selected eighth overall by the New York Knicks in the 2005 NBA draft, and he also was selected to the 2005-2006 NBA All-Rookie First Team. Uh, Channing has also played for the Portland Trailblazers, Phoenix Suns, Orlando Magic, sort of. Cle- Cleveland Cavaliers, and apparently like nine games or nine yeah, hours yeah, for Los Angeles Lakers. Just I, I went by the beach, <laughs> took a nap, and left. <laughs> In 2016, Channing won an NBA championship as part of the Cleveland Cavaliers' historic comeback from three games to one deficit against the Golden State Warriors. I don't know how the fuck that happened, but congratulations. That was one of one. One of one, the greatest championship (laughs) ever in basketball. Arguably. LeBron James. Exactly. Uh, uh, Kyrie Irving. Listen, all of that. (laughs) And in 2018, Channon partnered with his former 2016 NBA championship uh, teammate, Kevin Love, uh, CEO Jacob Gray, who's sitting next to him, and Chase Renton to form Chosen Family Wines. Welcome, Channing. Hey. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh... I'll make a mean omelet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 2022. We launched this in 2020. Well, the tw- it, was, it was 18 was the first vintage, so yeah, it was 20. The first wines were 2018. Okay. We b- created the business in 2020. We were big dummies. Okay. okay. <laughs> start, start big dummies. Trapped started, in the house and shit got crazy. What we were doing, meetings with masks on. and like, golly, <laughs> what the F were we thinking? Wait, I can cuss on this. Yeah, what just, the yes, fuck please. were we yeah. thinking? And I love on a whiteboard for six hours trying to map out (laughs) shit that didn't even come true because we end up blowing that shit out of the way. What are boy? Give me a drink. Uh, drink. Speaking of drinking, what we what are we drinking today, guys? What we got? So we're drinking our twenty one chosen family Willamette Valley. Um, You know, for us as our business started to expand from our collaboration wines, which are you know I think we have seven collaboration wines right now, eight. Um, those are a hundred case lots, mm-hmm. more high end. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, you know, I want to talk about inclusivity. I want to talk about getting new people into wine, mm-hmm. but like, you can't do that if you don't have the correct price point. That's true. It's, it's a hundred percent true. So a lot of people, a lot of athletes or a lot of famous people make these wines that are high end, but they only make a hundred cases yep. and they're like you, they're allocation based. Yeah. But if you really want to get people into wine, you have to give them a wine that is made extremely well for the price for us. Yeah. So for me, I was like, how do I get something where I'm happy and somebody who's just drinking Pinot Noir or Chardonnay, Rosé, Bubbles, how are they happy also? Like, how are they learning? How do we get them in there? 
right? Like, I th- think that's the thing is like, you know, I was reading something, you know, we sent an email to each other about like the Hispanic community, the black community is like 2% of like who buys wine. Yeah. Why is that? Like, because they've never been that shit's expensive. Like, like if you got 30 bucks, you're going to get the, the right. 1.75 of E&J. You know? Right. Totally. You're but not, I understand that. But you know? again, because nobody's ever talked to you. Sure. Right? Like, for me, I can't be super wine nerd because I don't live that life. I live a basketball life. I live, you know, my life. But then I live a wine life. So for us at Chosen, we're trying to live our truth and we're trying to communicate a way that gets people to go, put that E&J down. Come over here. Trust us, right? Like, you, we've never had a, a beacon of somebody in the wine industry that goes, hey, I'm backed not by Channing, not by me being famous. I'm backed by five different winemakers who already have their own thing, who are part of the chosen family, who are like, come into this industry. Like, come try these things. Like, learn, grow. Like, there's no, uh, what is the word I'm thinking for? There's no, like, pressure to you to, like, buy it because of the label. This isn't Louis. This isn't right. Gucci. This right. is chosen right. family. Right. This is like forty dollars. You right. get it at the you can get it at a grocery store. You can get it at, you know, a wine shop. And you can talk about it, learn and and, and that to me has been exciting to grow in that part. But it's also been kind of daunting trying to like break down doors. Like, guys, no, no, don't run away. Like come in here. Like come be a part of this. Nice. Nice. Well man, I like to start at the beginning, man. So uh, in the words of be where are you from? Me? Yeah. Well, I was born in White Plains, New York, but I'm from Arizona. Okay. How, how I'm a Phoenician. <laughs> a Phoenician. I never heard that. That's dope. Um, it's a nice hotel. Yes. Oh, um, sick hotel. When did you move to Arizona? When I was, uh, how old was I? Seven years old. Okay, so, so but you lived in White Plains until you were seven? No, I lived, uh, I was born in White Plains, and then my parents, I lived in Brooklyn for six months, oh, okay. and then uh, when I was a baby, and then they moved to New Hampshire. I lived in New Hampshire for five and a half years, and then I moved to Arizona. Why, why, what were your parents doing that you were like living in New Hampshire? Uh, my dad worked at Deck, this old company called Deck, and my dad is from. My dad and mom are from Bed Stuy, Brooklyn. Okay. And my dad said, "You know, f the city. Yeah. I want to ha- own land." So we actually had, I think, like twenty, twenty-five acres, and in the middle of nowhere, New Hampshire. And he loved it. And he would drive forty-five minutes to go to work. Be- in Boston or something like that, like only because he wanted this house. It was like his dream house. He would hit golf balls. We went fishing. Like there was a river now near our house. Um, so those memories were pretty awesome. But like the snow was crazy. That's yeah. why we left. <laughs> the snow was crazy. Yeah. So so then your, your family packs up, drives cross country, and Phoenix. Did, was it jobs? Took him. I mean, obviously. Yeah, yeah. We went there for a job. Okay. Yeah, we went there for a job and. Uh, you know, three days in, it was the hottest day ever in Phoenix. It was 132. I saw my, yeah. So I'm in an apartment with my mom, and my dad's like, I don't know if we made the right choice. <laughs> and people are cooking eggs, no lie, on, on the, side, the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. The, the people do that shit. And that's before YouTube. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, but, like, you know, people are just like, oh. Oh, it's hot as a mug. Yeah. Um, so, all right, so you out there. And um, what does your mother do? uh, So she was kind of trying to find her way being an entrepreneur. She was doing like kind of this and that. And my dad obviously had the job. um, And then he became an entrepreneur. So both of them were working. My mom was uh, an actress. 
Okay. She actually worked for like Channel 12 okay. uh, News, and then she was doing like actress. Like she was doing The Color Purple. Oh, okay. So we would go watch her do like The Color theater? Purple. theater? Theater, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, early on, Real and then life. as we as I got older, my dad worked, and my mom stayed at home and took care of us. Okay. How many siblings you have? Just one brother. Okay. Fathead. My brother Logan. <laughs> is he older or younger? Yeah, younger. Must Six be years younger. younger. Called a fathead, right? Oh yeah, younger. He's, he's cooler. Or, or he's, he's, cooler than Shannon. He is so much cooler than me. But dude, I love that guy. He's so funny. He's the funniest human being on the earth. Um, so um, what's it like growing up in, in Phoenix? Because like, like you said, it was hottest day. Um, not a lot of. I mean, not a whole lot of black people. Went to no, hell no. Man, it was four people, four black people in my elementary school. Right Dude, <laughs> growing up in Phoenix was tough, man. It was just like, you know, I think it was, I forgot who I was telling this to. I was just like, I think I said last night at dinner. I was like, man, growing up in Phoenix was like, there was four black kids. And then like, out of those black kids, you were always questioned about how black you were. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, oh, you live in the suburbs. You you know, you this, you Uncle Tom, you this. I'm like, what? what? I didn't choose where I live. I don't have a job. Like, yeah. because I say, you know, I go back to Brooklyn, my cousins are. Yep. Now I had, my mom had uh, seven brothers and sisters. Okay. So I had like 30, 40 cousins. Yep. And they're like, look at this dude. Saying dude all the time. Yeah. And this, I go, Arizona, I live in damn Florida. Arizona. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so like, you know, figuring out myself. Yeah. And not only as a black guy in Arizona, but like I'm 6'2 in sixth grade. Like, so people are assuming I'm supposed to be this or that. Yeah. Then it was like, you know, I don't really have friends. So my only friend was my brother, who's six years younger than me. So, like, the 12-year-old is best friends with a six-year-old. So, like, that cadence. And so as I grew up, it was more figuring out, like, navigating the stream, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, being more of a chameleon. Kick it with the nerds. Kick it with the emo kids. Kick it with the jocks. Kick it with the, you know, the the cool kids. Kick it with the, you know... The super nerds, like the math nerds, like anywhere that I could fit in at the day and not kind of get roasted mm-hmm. was was my jam. Okay. All right. So six two in the eighth grade. Sixth grade. Sixth grade. Fuck. Um <laughs> and like were you like when I was a kid, like we used to play we played football, basketball, and baseball all day long. Yeah. Like oh, was yeah. that just what you did? And then Dude, I used to play basketball. I remember now my drum in Arizona. Yeah. So there was a hoop. It was a tennis court, like a community tennis court, yep. pool, right? And then a basketball court on the one side of the tennis court. Now I'm outside, it's 110, shooting basketball. I remember one time I shot, my ball was really crusty, <laughs> and I shot and the ball just went and like literally like flattened out, like melted in the, in the, in the heat. I said, you know what, it's time for my ass to go home. The ball said, I'm through. I'm through, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> Like, yes, it was just like, now, mind you, it was ball, you know, a ball, yeah. ball, right? So, like, I was like, yeah, it's time for me to go home. But, you know, I would just, we would play ditch em, right? We would play, uh, we would have buckets of in our neighborhood, uh-huh. <clears throat> like a big bucket of water with tennis balls and teams with, like, color dye or whatever. And everyone had to wear a white T-shirt. And everyone was on bikes. Paintball so you, before paintball. Yeah. yeah, basically. And you would ride your bike and hide in people's backyards. And if somebody caught you, they would throw these tennis balls at you. So like, but that was the, the thing, is you can go in anybody's backyard, yeah. except for the dude who had a, this big ass white pit bull. I think, I think it was like a Brazilian 
Jogo thing. <laughs> and that was the one yard we were like, hey, yo, do not. We got to bring this game back. This shit sounds fun. It was kids tight. would love it. Man, we were sweaty as shit. Like, uh, it's 100 degrees. You riding a bike, home. and you have five people with, like, with tennis balls, <laughs> wet tennis balls. And you're like, hey, no. And then, you know, people, uh, it was tight, dog. It was tight. <laughs> and they were shooting my big ass. Like, you know. Oh, yeah, you were an easy target, man. Easy target, right? People were climbing trees. <laughs> you know, it was just like, it was crazy. But, yeah, it was crazy. You know, bullying. I know. Now that would be bullying. It was just playing back in the day. Yeah, it was just playing. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, roasting kids till they cry. Oh, you know, we used to have roast sessions at the end of. Uh... Bullying was camaraderie. Bullying was community. Bullying yeah. was learning how to adapt to situations. Yeah, dude. But there bullying. was no one to videotape when you got bullied. There was no one to. No, yeah, I mean, no, no, I, no, no, I, I, listen. I've said, I think, I've, I think, I've kind of said this. I, might, I don't know if I said off air, but like, there, it, it, there is, there's a character building aspect of that, right? Yeah. Like, because you, your kids don't, they're not able to find their own way in the world. It takes them longer nowadays, right? Because there's so many guardrails up, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, um, yeah, I'm like, I'm who I am, who I am, because I had to overcome, like. I got funny because totally because if you don't you get, get roasted, if you come out the house right. looking like a ragamuffin, <laughs> and you don't get roasted by your friends, right. then what? They're not your friends, right. you know. Also, if you start making someone laugh, will get you out of a fight too. Oh, totally. Ex- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. I definitely. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think you know, bullying is bullying. Like there are certain kids that are literally mean. Yeah. No. Exactly. But like yeah. we're talking in a friend group. Right. If you are like, yo, my boy was like, hey, Channing, ain't no way you come out the house with no deodorant on. Here you go. And the right. whole friend group laughs, but yeah. you like, right. damn, okay. <laughs> Real friends b- can take it to any level you want, be- but when someone outside of that does what they're doing, then bullies get Yeah, then you're like, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. yo, motherfucker, you don't know me like no, that. Yeah, chill, no, no, no. Chill, now, now we need to throw these hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to throw these hands. Exactly. Yeah, right, 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 right. And that's real friends. Then they step up and, yeah. So this is, that's this, I said, the CEO of Children's Family Wines. Jacob, Jacob, where'd you grow up, man? Just curious. I'm from uh, Davis, California. Okay, so you're from so you're from wine school country. Yeah, it started with Bud Lights and Keystone Lights, but my (laughs) parents drank wine. We definitely had some family friends that were in the wine business. Napa and Sonoma weren't too far away. Mm -hmm. Um, More inclined to play sports and uh, got an opportunity to hoop and do my thing as a kid, travel a little bit, but. uh, I think the hospitality business led me to wine. Mm-hmm. I think wine led me to the hospitality business. So I think um, I always loved it. And uh, but yeah, growing up in a in a house where it wasn't touche and they were uh, big moments were celebrated with great bottles of wine. Definitely, okay. like I think whether you know it or not, sits in your soul. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, like you know, it's, I think it's so funny. Like I'm always looking for a similarity, right? So like it is like we're talking. It's like. It's going out, getting roasted with your buddies, riding bikes. It's throwing, yeah, yeah. Uh, for snowballs or tennis, tennis ball. I didn't know that. That's a good one. Tennis balls and just well, it was hot as shit. <laughs> what snowballs? It snowed one time in 15 years. I was in Arizona. You created your own. Right. We were just like, man, listen. If you're gonna get hit with something, get hit with these tennis balls that are wet. Now, Jacob, you said wine was part of your family culture. How about you, Channing? Was there wine? Hell or no. <laughs> Hell no. You know the answer to that. That's ridiculous. Where'd you say he kept on the top of the fridge and get hot? Yeah, that bitch would get hot as a motherfucker. Okay, was it a bottle listen. of Manischewitz? Ooh, no, it was like a <laughs> Merlot. I remember it was like a Merlot something that was a gift to him. And, you know, my dad would be like, eh, here we go. He'd throw that 
bitch in a fridge, put it out, put some ice cubes in it, and just they would just chuck it. Like it was it was nothing. Like it, the wine culture in Arizona is zero. Like it was that, zero. It was mar- it's, it's, it's margaritas, beers, yeah, tequila. Yeah. Like it's you know, just there's, all you know there's some good producers in Cal and out in Arizona now. Now there is, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, a lot of Spanish varietals. Yeah, yeah. Like Tempranillo. Uh, Tempranillo. Well, there's that rock, the guy from the music business that has a brand out there. Yeah. yeah. Um. What the? Uh, he was in. What was he in? Uh, I just read something about. He was in Tool. Tool. Yeah. But uh, Kent Callahan is a pioneer out there. Um. And then uh, there's a brand called Aridus, um, and they do they do Tempranillo, Petit Syrah, Syrah. Um, huh? Yeah, you should, oh, we'll try it. Listen, yeah, she, she, send she, it to she, me. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll connect y'all. Where are they in Sedona? No, just outside of Sedona, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah see, that's yeah. yeah. Got to be able to grow the grapes. Yeah, exactly. But I'm dude. It's not. It's nice, man. You know, Arizona's blown up a lot. Yeah. Uh, everyone's moving from California. You know, during COVID, everyone went to Arizona. Well, I mean, you know, that's it's like it's like. Tax purposes, people, you know, like, yeah. you know, like everybody from the east, northeast, moving down to Florida, you know, because yeah. um, there ain't no fucking taxes, man. Oh, and then the taxes for us who stay up here just get higher and higher. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when did you when did you kind of start playing basketball, like as your main oh, sport, dude, though? Second grade. Okay. So did, like, you, did you play I like practice? I mean, did, did you do AAU or anything? Did you play? On I did when I was older, but okay. like. Imagine I just played basketball because, you know, it was something that me and my dad did. Okay. So I played from second to eighth grade. Okay. Ninth grade. Never practiced. Okay. Never, like, really. Practice? Practice? <laughs> we talking <laughs> about, about practice? practice? <laughs> I'm playing in the game. We talking about, about practice? practice? <laughs> Man, and I played for Larry Brown, and his practices were some bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. Two and a half hours. Not including film, four-hour days. It was crazy. Anyway, we had to call the MVPA on his ass. But anyway. Um, so was AI was a little justified. Uh, extremely justified. Okay. <laughs> the practices, we would get there at – I'm going on a tangent. That's what we get for. Here we go. We would get there as a rookie, uh, practice at 11. I'm getting there at 8. You eat. You work out. You lift. You do your rookie workout, whatever. Now it's 10. You relax, take a shower, get ready to go to practice, right? Nope. So now you're all warm. You go in the, go in the video room, 11. We don't practice till 1. He breaks down every fucking play. Now, this is not an exaggeration. From the jump ball, go, <laughs> stop. Look what you guys are doing. This. So this side, go to this, stop. Look what you guys are doing. Break that down. Stop. Every. Hours, hours, hours. Then we go to practice, and he would stop our practice because it wasn't right. So we never really ran up and down. We would literally two and a half hours, half court, and he would be like, "Guys, what are you doing? Be here. Do this. Like micromanaging everything. It was the worst." Yeah, by the time you we leave made practice, it to the NBA, like, bro. Let's play some. Dude, no. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just run up and down. Like, I mean, but I'm I'm thinking like, like, I hate micromanaging. But anyway, but like, what kind of brain must he have to like notice all? Like, it must. He, must he is to a be genius to be like to notice shit on the tip, like to be able to break. Like he's like, whole, guys, why are you here? But he was also I mean, like, that's amazing. He is a really mindful coach, but he literally basketball. I love. I could talk basketball all day, every day. Yeah. He made me hate the thing that I love, Oof. and it was 
that was he was like a black anywhere he went it was like you know like in the cartoons of black cloud yeah he was like <laughs> now, i don't know if it was a situation i don't know if it was the players yeah. but me as a rookie going from arizona where i love basketball you know i'm picked a yeah. to this situation yeah. in new york yeah. right with the knicks we won 23 games that year i was just not used to losing like yeah, that too, right? and then all of a sudden like this coach is getting in arguments with vets and the vets are bad and it was just it was a mess i think sometimes there's a big difference between great teachers and great coaches mm-hmm. right and i think i and I, I didn't play in the nba but i think a lot of people would say how smart of a basketball brain larry brown has mm-hmm. i think maybe one and to the point of the, what he's saying it's like the matrix is going he's living his yeah i was like he's, he's like seeing ex- but the, uh, exactly he's but the difference cold. between that and managing great athletes right. to go play a game right. and have a good time and win yeah. is a big difference between Micromanaging great basketball players at a high level. Yeah. Um, great teacher, maybe not a great coach for a good Yeah, team. no. Hell no. But you'd say he has a great basketball mind, though, right? I like Larry Brown outside as a person. Maybe. I hate Larry Brown as a coach. Got it. Fair uh, enough. Yeah, edit that. I love no, that. No, don't edit that. <laughs> nah, man. He knows that I told him that to his face. <laughs> I was like, dude, Larry, I love you. I hate you as a coach. I love you as a human. Yeah. Because outside of basketball, he was an amazing human. Yeah. But as coach, when you take something away, well, you can't like, and it's a, it's a game, right? And to like to take the the love out of it for people, that's that's yeah. not you're doing something wrong when you take the love, the joy, you know what I mean? Like, oh, what's actually for the love of the game? Blah blah blah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so you didn't practice, blah, blah blah. So when did you like start getting serious? So ninth grade, you're in high school, then you no, no? I actually went seven, eight, nine. So I went junior high, seven, eight. Okay, seven, so you, eight, oh, nine. you di- okay, so yeah, different. Setup. Here's when I started to practice. West Coast, yeah, I yeah. Did the yeah. Same it, yeah. Here's <laughs> when I started to practice is when uh, my parents were like, you know, my mom had a job downtown Phoenix, mm-hmm. and my parents were like, you know what? This junior high, we're not putting you in public school because the public schools were bad at the time. Yeah. We're putting you in private school. So here are your choices. Brophy Preparatory Academy, which is all boys, but then Xavier, so like a little bit. Boys and Girls, where my brother went. And then you have St. Mary's, which is boys and girls, but only 800 people. So like it's in Arizona, it's the biggest rivalry. It's like lawyers and judges versus like firefighters and police, right? <laughs> like that's whose parents, right? Who oh, was? Oh, wow. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. It was like oh, that must the super rich hot. white kids yep. versus the the – Second generation Hispanics who had made money, you know, like people, lineage people, yeah, right? right? So uh, then there was this like little school called Seton. So I went to Seton, I checked it out. I was like, ooh, this is gross here, right? Then I went to St. Mary's and yeah, I had to take a test and I, you know, I had to tuck my shirt in and do all this. So and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Will, Will Smith, like, oh, you got to tuck it in, like, wear sure. jacket. Yeah. No, yeah, no, 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 no jacket, shit. but like, you had to tuck it in. You had to wear tan, you had to wear khakis, you had to wear dress shoes, you had to wear uh, like a, a collar shirt. And you were, <laughs> and you like, this was like 90, this is like baggy clothes shit. Like, no, there wasn't no baggy. You couldn't wear no baggy. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. there wasn't no baggy you nothing. Not, you will not wear that thug attire. <laughs> You Mr. will not wear Fry. that that uh, <laughs> that, that urban yeah, that, that urban wear. Your urban style's not welcome here. No, it is not. <laughs> it was not. Anyways, so like I go there, so I take this test, and like my dad is kind of grilling me afterwards, like how'd you do, blah blah. I'm like, man, fuck this place. So the uh, the assistant coach of the varsity, but the JV coach is the same person, right? So he goes, hey, hey, what you doing, man? And so this is Coach Keith Greer, who became like a mentor to me. And he goes, what you doing? 
He goes, did you did you take your test? And I was like, yeah. He goes, you gonna you gonna make it? Are you a big dum dum? So this now this is what he's saying to me, just off rip. And my dad is loving it. <laughs> my dad's like, well, are you a big dum dum? You know? And I'm like, who is this little black guy talking to me like this? He got glasses. He's tiny. And he's like, man, do you want to come play here? And he goes, do you know who's playing here right now? And I was like, no. He goes, we. Are, what grade are you in? I go, I'm gonna be a sophomore next year. I'm a freshman now. And he goes, uh, he goes, well, our two starting point guards are your age. He goes, are you gonna come to this school? I go, maybe. He goes, well, come to this game. We're playing Brophy. Come sit behind the bench and see see what you want to do. First recruiting check. First recruiting check. So my dad goes, he'll be there. And he goes, hey, man, don't untuck your shirt when you get out the place because you represent your dad. So he made me tuck my shirt back in. Your dad was loving this. Loving it. Loving my dad. It's like, it's, biggest... it's like that uh, TV dad commercial they got going now. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, like, dude. Like, like you love it with someone else. Like, you, like he, he ain't listen to me, but. He's going to listen to Well, career. you know, my disposition is like, if you, t- I'm not going to disrespect the elder, right? Right, Ever. right. It's just not my, I've that's been a, popped a in the mouth thing. too many exactly. times, right? Like, yo, I lo- should stay a generation. It really, Dude, it is. it is, it is a, it is a gift for your kids to be respectful of other people's rules. Yep. And I love that I've instilled that in my kids. Right. But they can go to anybody's house. You're going to clean your plate. There's no, you're going to take a no thank you bite, Right. You're going to put your plate in the sink. You're going to abide by their rules in their house. Anyways, so we go. I go to the game. I go to this Brophy St. Mary's game. And I tell the coach, Keith Greer, during the game, I go, and my dad, whoever wins this game, because the place is packed. Yeah. News are in there, right? The news. You know, back in the day, the news was somewhere. I'm, the news. The news. It was cracking. Yeah. Hey, listen. It only fit like 1,200 people. They had police. Standing room Because only. standing room only. That's how Swamp coolers in Arizona. People were sweating. <laughs> right? It was, it was the best. It was everything that basketball should be. Yeah. So I told both of them. I said, whoever wins this game, that's what school I'm going to. So I, my dad, you know, I talked to the Brophy people too, yeah. right? And I was like, well, I don't want to go to school with all boys, but, you know, it is what it is. So with Brophy's a good school. So St. Uh, <laughs> Mary's down down two, makes the first one. Free throw. It's at the end of the game. No, Like one second left on the clock. Makes the first one. Accidentally misses the second one. One of these guys, guys, his name Donnell Knight, who ended up going to ASU, Hips the ball like this. Boop, goes in. Keith Greer goes, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Literally, that's when I started practicing. Okay. Because I had to work out with Jason and James Fontenet. They were twins, and they were like preseason All-American kids, and they were savages. And they taught me how hard it was to work. And they were little guys. And from that I like literally drove 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and practiced with them almost every single day. And became a became a sad. Well, yeah, you kind of you were kind of like bullshitting around, like you said. You not. Well, I just didn't have a barometer of like what I could be, or like nobody ever put pressure on me to like be better than what I thought I was. We needed that peer group that was going for it too. Yeah. Can we unpack this real quick though? Yeah, man. You said that you weren't practicing. What you weren't doing was training. Yeah. Anytime you were not you played basketball that you weren't in a game, you were practicing the game of basketball. You just weren't doing formally. Yeah. So you're saying when you started going to with those boys, you were training with them, the right drills, working on <laughs> yeah, your, yeah, 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 yeah. You're sitting in your driveway shooting, you're still practicing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing basketball. You just hadn't started training. Yeah, I had no clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no clue. Like, but this is fascinating because, like, then like you became a McDonald's All American. Like, once you started, ish. No, no. I mean, ish. I was on the list. I was on the list. I didn't make the team. So, because I made the list. Grew up in California, and some of my good friends went to UCLA and played basketball. Okay. Same age group as Channing. So some of them, Drop Ryan some names, Jacob. We're here for the names, yeah. bro. But some of them grew up. <laughs> who, who is it? Well, who is Ryan it? Walcott, you played with. Yeah. Him. Oh, okay. Ryan Walcott went to Shadow Mountain. Okay. Was a savage. Okay. And I didn't know Ryan that well, but he was very good friends with Josiah. Okay. Oh, my yeah, buddy John yeah, yeah. Hopart, who I grew, went to high school with, mm-hmm. Quint. Like, but they Channing was coming up at U of A, but <laughs> hearing them speak about Channing was tall, skinny kid that didn't have it that became the dude who was the number eight pick in the draft, yeah. right? Yeah. So his ability to keep his head down and work and get where he was going. Because to his point, the hype train was so real for so many people. Oh, sorry. You know? Yeah, yeah, I got to stretch, man. Listen, it, big legs. You are the tallest guest. Oh, I'll be the so tallest far. guest forever. I'm seven foot, legit. You That's know how many true. people, now that I retired, go, God, you're so big. I'm like, yes, fool. What do you think seven foot looks like? Well, you were, you were, you were, you were, you were, um, you were, you were, on little, Zoom little, last little time. slimmer, slimmer when you came out, you know. Dude, so this like, is my true form, but, right? But, you no, want I Dragon know. Ball I mean, Z? <laughs> this is my greatest We're form. in the food and wine industry. Not, exactly. Yeah, do you ever eat from a skinny cook? Hell no. No. <laughs> right? Listen, no, that's why I talk. If you're in the wine industry, don't got a little like, wine chunk. These celebrity chefs, this, man, they, they, like, they, ain't, they ain't cooking no more. They they, they on TV. They're TV stars this now. We went to a place last night. He wasn't there. Yeah. This is oh yeah. They're all they're all like. You been to Tatiana's yet? No. Chef Kwame's place. Yeah. So good. Well, the beef patties. I would say me and Kwame got a little beef going on right now. The food was good though. Never mind. No. No, I met I met Kwame. I'll tell the story. It's so great. It's my fucking podcast. So I met I'm I'm at the the friends and family opening for One White Street, right? Um, which was Dustin Wilson's spot downtown. And and so. I'm there, and I'm sitting there. I'm there with my wife, and we're sitting next to actually. I'm like, oh shit, that's Drew Nieperant, you know, Nobu. So like, you know, um, so then Robert Bohr comes in, who is is Gronk, who's you know Robert Bohr's yeah. badass psalm businessman. So, but Robert had been on the podcast, so so I'm sitting next to Drew. Robert, so I was like, hey, what's up? So then Drew Nieperant's like, who's that guy, right? Because I'm like, I'm always, I'm not, I'm like the the five ten black guy who like, why is he in the room? We don't know him. He's yeah, got yeah. on a t-shirt. I'm not famous, right? But anyway, I'm always in the room. You're sort of famous. Yeah, podcast famous. Um, Which is famous nowadays. Yeah. And so so Kwame was with Robert, and uh, Robert introduced me, and Robert's like, you should be on this podcast. Next day, Robert sends an email to me and Kwame. Motherfucker never answered. So like, I'm, 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 I'm going to throw some shade at you right now, Kwame. Guilt you to be coming on the fucking podcast. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. You know? Guilt of Chan. Let him, let him know. Yeah. Kwame. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And break some of them beat petty. Yeah, that and, you know, man. And you don't know. go in the service elevator a door down. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> hey, listen. Channing had us out here looking. Dude. <laughs> yeah. So the, the address was the same, a, a literal door down. Yes. And I was trying to hype Jake up. Like, man, listen. Man, He's like, man, I'm from, from Bed-Stuy, son. He hit me I with it in the elevator. You don't live in New York. <laughs> We're in a service elevator. I said, this is not taking us to the podcast. We went video. to the 16th floor, and I go, damn, I fucked up. <laughs> Come on, I, we wrong, we wrong. Down. Hey, I was like, it's a bitty, bitty chance. This is going to end bad. But, you know, like, it, it, you know, he played for the Knicks. He, he, he got the service elevator. Like, some people, you get avoid the crowd. It's, you know, that's I'm what listen, he's saying. Exactly, I know exactly. I know where your mindset Thank was you. at, bro. I appreciate Um So... You, you so you, you turn around whatever you uh you made the list all American you were like um how many D one offers did you receive? <laughs> you know what's crazy? So here's a funny story. I went to high school my sophomore year, 
I only played one game my sophomore year. I broke my hand, right? I broke, I broke this, this bone right here. Some senior kid saw me play and literally went to smack down on a ball like this. And I knew he did that on purpose, so fuck that dude. But <laughs> he was the best and worst thing. Yeah. He broke my hand. Literally, and then um, so I didn't. I only played like one or two games my my sophomore year. Okay, and during the summer, something clicked. Like I maybe stopped growing, or like I couldn't run backwards. Think about that. Like I was growing so much that literally my neurocognitive ability to mm. run backwards was gone. Like my body used to hurt so much that my parents would get bags of peas. And put them on me, and ten minutes later they would be defrosted Did because you so much? I was hot. Yeah, dude, I would wow. wake up s- drenched in sweat because I was growing so much. So, like, think about it. I'm six eight, six nine, in sophomore in high school. So finally, oh yeah, should slap get some, him. Try. Get some of that. How was the pinot? Uh, pinot. I was gonna. I was gonna say the pinot, man. Like, what's that retail <laughs> for? We're trying to hit. We're trying to make the best under forty dollar whammy about um, Pinot and Chardonnay. That's just slamming. Yes. Ah, <laughs> you know the what? Twi- like, the twenty one like, vintage is beautiful. Now listen, like like okay, pop okay. and pour slam. Not even oh, I can like, like straight out the gate, just yeah, it's delicious. Good one. Okay, you know what? Jackson. I'm gonna tell you this. Yeah, Jackson Olsen is crazy. We're gonna. T- I'm gonna tell you the story, but we're gonna talk about why. How many offers we made. did you get? How many offers? And where did would you, you have went if you didn't go to U of A? He got my nose. Yeah. How many offers did you get, man? Zero. Actually, one New Mexico State. That's you only got one D one offer. Yeah. Even in your going into senior year. No, no. So I. Here's what's funny. So I knew Richard Jefferson mm-hmm. since I was fourteen. Yeah, I was gonna, we're here, gonna have to talk fucker, about here, this fucker. You guys fucking, <laughs> you two are hilarious. So dude, you know, this fucker on nights on TV where you. you, guys, oh, you dude, thank you. Thank That's you. real life. Yeah. Guys, oh, they don't do, stop. all day. Yeah, they no, no, stop. we don't stop. <laughs> so I had known him since I was fourteen. So I went to a tournament be- with our teammates, right? An AU tournament, but okay. like as a high school. Mm-hmm. U of A and these other schools were watching the point guards, not me. Right. Coach Olsen comes to my dad and goes, hey, I'd love for him to come visit U of A. So what I know now is the Stanford coach, Cal coach, all these coaches were like, this dude, he doesn't work hard. He's soft, he's this, he's that, blah, blah. I know that for a fact that they told Coach O this. He goes, <clears throat> he's going to be the best player on my team in three years. O said that? Coach O said that. That's sweet. And I know this because he told me once I graduated. He tried to hit you right. with the tall, skinny, and lazy, and then Coach O said, oh, I see it. I see it. He goes, I see it. That's dope. So he calls me in. You know, now I go to U of A, take an unofficial visit my junior year. Okay. Like, the beginning of my junior year. So all I did was play basketball my – during the summer, I go. His wife at the time, Bobby Olson, who passed away, bless her heart, um, was like, oh, my God, you look just like Sean Elliott. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. And there was a picture of Sean Elliott right there, Tucson native. Yep. And I'm like, damn. I'm like, okay, yeah, I do look like him. And Coach <laughs> was like, and this way he told me, literally, and, like, you know, there's other stuff they said, but I was kind of blanking out. He mm-hmm. goes, you're going to give me 110% and I'm going to give you 100 back. And he goes, you're going to be fine. You just got to commit to doing your job every day. 
are you willing to do that? And I was like, absolutely. Change your life. Change my life. That's dope. And this man, like Lute Olson, like, you know, I grew up in Arizona. Like, He's I grew up in Chandler. So that's Tempe. That's yep. ASU. There's yep. Bill Frieder. So I went to, I was like, okay, I love a U of A. Right. Let me go to ASU. I, go, I watched U of A's practice. Right. Gilbert Arenas, Richard Jefferson, Luke Walton, Jason Gardner, Lauren Woods, like all these NBA players. Michael Wright. The, Michael Wright, baller. These, the practice, Coach O was the first person to write down times on a practice sheet. So we practiced like NBA practices. He was the first person to do that, right, as far as I know. So when I watched your practice, it was this is how much warm-up. There was time. Warm-up. Run. Do this. This is this. Go. Boom. People are moving. Boom, 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 boom. I go to ASU's practice. It's some bullshit. <laughs> I'm literally sitting there, and the dudes are sitting on the side while people are playing. They're like a pickup game. It was a pickup <laughs> game. And my dad goes, yo, we have an offer from U of A like, to go there. And he goes, and the coach literally to my face goes, I don't know if Channing is ASU material. Now, who was the coach then? I don't know. Fuck that dude. <laughs> <laughs> fuck ASU and fuck that dude. Your boy was hot. Hot. My dad in the car goes, how does that make you feel? I said, man, let's get to work. Pull, a, pull the fucking car over and let's work out. Yeah. Mm. So we pulled over at our church downtown. And I worked out for two hours. He was just rebounding the ball. I said, man, we, we going to work now. I said, fuck this team. Fuck this dude. I committed to U of A two days later as a junior. End up working, working, working. Got obsessed. Working. Again, they said, hey, you know, there's five freshmen. I don't know, you know, if you're going to make it. I said, fuck you to Coach O's face. They were like, we might redshirt you. I said, fuck you. Well, what do I need to do to not? And he looked at me crazy. He goes, well, when school over, I said May second. He said, "Well, you're gonna be May, be here May 31st." I said done. So I had no break between high school, college, and then put my head down and worked and grinded my ass off. That's dope. I, now you can take care of your family for generations. Exactly. Here we go. Couple Sorry, things. No, no, that's Sorry, uh, that's this is this that. is dope. This is what I love, man. Um, first of all, and it's overused, but no, no, go ahead. Very burgundian on the Chardonnay, man. Good acid. I was just about to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'll and, 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 I know, yeah. I know, I know, Get I know. You a glass. My boy, Macau is like we got we got Macau accounts. How often photo. do you say that? What's that? Not often, but it's it's all it's often it's thrown around. How a much do you think that is? Um. Thirty eight bucks retail. Absolutely. I've been in this for a minute. How do you know? I was like, um, but. To your point, Macau, um, as my, I love the Pinots, but like I think the most exciting thing out of Oregon right now is the Chardonnay. Oh yes! Tell them, say it again, say it one more time. I think the most interesting coming out of Oregon right now are the Chardonnay. Absolutely, stop. And and yes. and and I need to fuck with it, but like, so Soder been up there making sparkling wine forever, so you gotta have some good sparkling coming Guess out. Guess what? Yeah, your boys are about to hit you with something soon. <laughs> Four <laughs> years, Blanc to Blanc? Stop it. We're going traditional method. We'll have a collaboration sparkling wine that's going to sh- rattle some souls, yeah. and then we're going to hit you in this capacity of how good we think we can deliver Pinot, Chardonnay, and Rosé from a Willamette Valley standard. Yeah. We're going to do that same thing in the sparkling world, but then we're going to have some traditional, high-end, hard-to-find, blow-your-socks-off 
champagne you, from you, Oregon. People talk about being inclusive and <clears throat> accessibility and all these things, but you don't price it correct. A lot of people don't price it correctly. Well, yeah, yeah. And then they give you the bullshit that's $15 and under. You, you can't make, make a good, a good wine. wine from Oregon under $15. Not in the United States. You could do that shit in Europe because your family's own. Right, it, totally, totally. But you yeah, can't yeah, do yeah. It's very, no, no, no. Like, like so it's, for us. Unless it's like. And like you said, consistently, like you can buy some declassified juice from somebody and be like, totally. "Oh, damn, this was a hit!" Right at fifteen bucks. Right. But it was that wine was slated to be forty bucks, <laughs> right? Right, yeah. making a hundred thousand cases and own like yeah. a fucking industry yeah. plant to yeah. like make sure. Man, listen, what we're trying to do, like, is just gain trust, right? Like for me, yeah, and over deliver. If yes, if we can put these, so my neighbor who has parties all the time, Mike, I love, shout out Mike Burns, he goes Channing, I love wine. He loves wine. But he goes, my friends are big beer drinkers. But he goes, I can bring out a case of your wine and not feel bad that people are just chugging this delicious wine because it's not my Margot. It's not my Petrus. It's not my high-end stuff. But I'm also happy. Well, so I call the them burner bottles, right? Burner bottles. Right. So for, for, for a guy who's got a ton of money, your burner bottle might be 40 bucks, should right? Be. And should be, you know, like... But um, but if you want to get a real Oregon Pinot, yeah, forty dollars for a real yeah. Oregon Pinot is the the most between owning a business and like giving something that's accessible. There, that is the that's the lowest. We would go out of business if we made this. No, I, this is this is good. <clears throat> this is good. Good conversation on like you know there is when you talk about being inclusive and and, and it's accessibility because like I tell people like I. Had nowhere to go in the wine business, but down because I started Acker and I got to taste all these crazy wines. Like, yeah. uh, but that's because I met, I worked at a store that serviced wealthy people. It's not, you know. So, um, but what that has done, it's informed me. So when I taste some shit like this, not shit, some dope wines like this, I'm like, whoo, okay. We, dude, Jackson number one is an amazing <laughs> winemaker. Number two, we, I can't, I can't fuck up. Right now, Jake is obviously we're owners. Yep. But me, you're going to see me first. Lead singer, I, baby. Yes. Sing I'm the lead singer. Listen, listen. <laughs> I, you know, I'm Cisco. <laughs> and this is Drew Hill. Listen. Anyways, listen, that's all, that album was fire. But what I'm saying is we can't fuck up at Chosen because everybody has an excuse of why it should be bad. Mm -hmm. He's just in the money grab. He's under 40, he's he's black, he's a ex-athlete, all, all the things. And so for us, we take more pride in being consistent with our, and you may not love everything, yeah. but you're gonna see the quality in every single wine that we put out because we put the attention to detail, we put the, 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 the process of how we do every single wine from rosé to cabernet, is the same and it is intentionally made so that if you are trying this for the first time, you're gonna say, you know what? Okay, Let's I see go. it, I see it, I see it. That was the, the I think, Channing and I have been friends for 15 or 16 years now. Woo. Have a lot of you're fun together, eat, drink, golf, <laughs> wives know each other, like family, right? But I think when we were gonna do this together, when we were conceptualizing Chosen Family and we were dreaming, I think the thing that we looked each other in the eye and said, yo, the one thing we have to do 
is over deliver on the product side of things. Mm-hmm. What why we fell in love with wine was the <laughs> aha moments. Why we fell in line what, what fell in love with wine and sharing it and learning about it was to curate experiences for our friends and family of wine that we love to take away where it doesn't make sense where a wine list is scary. So if we're living it and we're learning it and we're doing the R&D and our friends are world-class winemakers and we know Grand Cru sites and we're having all this access and exposure our job is to bring that back and deliver a product, a brand, and a story where regardless of where you are in your wine journey, it makes sense for you. You're proud to share it, and then it can over-deliver in different capacities, and it sets you up for success as someone that's fallen in love with wine to make it a part of your chosen family. And I think if we can do that, we become bulletproof in the sense that there is all these things. Oh, it's easy to have celebrity partners. Oh, there's, you supposedly might be swimming in money. Oh, all the... That shit, a lot of times you get pigeonholed and it's harder in the wine industry, especially. Yeah. It might be different in the spirit industry, yeah. but we said, we're a wine brand and we work in the wine business. We take this very serious on the side of delivering an incredible experience from bottle to glass and everything that surrounds it, from labels to the storytelling to the content created. But like, And I started that by saying, Channing and I just were never going to fuck around when it came to how good the wine was, even if the margins didn't make sense. We needed to figure out the wine part of what we would take pride in sharing and then the business we can make sense of later. But we would rather over-deliver than under-deliver, especially if we want to sustain this. And we were talking about this in the car right over here. We're not doing this just for now. I think people are going to look back and be like, God damn, where did they start and where they went and all the skews that came with it and all the quality of wines and all the different stories they told. That gets me hyped. It's going to be – it's fascinating, I think. I think we have a model and an experience that people are going to look back and be like, bless them and good job. But we also are doing this – we have kiddos that we love. We call this chosen family. Our names are on this bottle. This is not a money grab. This no. is a legacy play in passion. Like, this is a passion project gone wild. We love this shit, and we're going to make sure that we curate that from now into the future so that if someone that we loved and brought up in this game wants to participate in this, we built that platform for them to run with it. But that quality is always going to be the backbone of it. I you love start that. drinking bad wines from us, you give oh, us a call. I love that. Hell no. I, you know what? I, I can't think... give no boo-boo wines to my family. <laughs> Are you joking, dog? <laughs> what are you? Listen, again. <laughs> well, and we're real. Could yeah, you we'll... imagine yeah. I'm trying to get my boys to buy a bottle of and wine? It's whack? And it's <laughs> whack. What? How roasted would I get? And I love it. because They're my looking friends to go, roast. They're looking, looking to roast. roast. They, they are looking. We make fun of each other all the time about anything. They'd be like, Channing, look at your damn toes. <laughs> Looking crusty, big musty, right? Look at your ashy knees, like anything. But but it's he a, did he did ask for some lotion when he got to the <laughs> studio. Uh, the boy's dry. It's dry. It's dry. dry out here, man. Listen, you know what? Listen, listen. You can't have the webs we, all before we go ashy. off the rails. Let's take a quick break and we're gonna come back <laughs> with more of Jenny Fry, and Jacob Gray. We'll be right back, y'all. Um. So. I uh, just want to finish up, and and this is the, what I love is, like, and people get like people listen to the podcast. Thank you, all you listeners. But they're like, they'll be people like, oh, I knew so and so, I never knew that about him. So like, like, um, just what I'm kind of getting, like, your basketball because as informed what you're doing wine because like you were saying earlier, like, like people like just slept on you. Yeah. And you took that. There's two ways you could take. You, you could be like, you could slink up, like maybe I ain't gonna make. Or you like, you every time that should happen, you like double down. Oh, got and fired so I'm gonna up. show you, motherfuckers. Oh, I got fired up. You know, I and was psychotic. And so here, the, here, here, like, you know, 
they they out like playing a pickup game, drinking Kool Aid on the sideline at ASU, and he's like, I don't know about Channing. Coach Lute Olson, which I had like I have it's Lute Olson, like I was like because I had a, a Google, I was like, oh shit, he played for like a legendary coach. Jacob said like he changed your life, for still sure. so much in you. Um, and also when I was waiting, we were waiting for you to come. I was talking to Mikal, photographer. We're like, I was like, also like what you said about um, Coach Greer. Like, are you a big dummy? Like, so you had a four-year NCAA career, which most people don't have. Like, so you went not only did you play, but you went to get your education. I take it. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. What did you major in, man? Uh, anthropology. Okay. So the study of people. Like, I love understanding no, no, what's crazy you know everyone laughs I no know but I, like, I used to say I'm, I didn't remember, but cultural anthropologists like people watching is no, fascinating sure. oh it's wild people. we were in a conversation last night he started telling us he's a psychologist <laughs> and, that he, and then we started calling him Dr. Chan and he started telling us everything about ourselves last night it was amazing dude well listen he's a people, smart dude people are people all the time it's, it's like you know people think they're like different but you realistically, right. you're, there are you're, certain, it's about whatever archetypes. There are only so many archetypes of people. So and exactly. you, have, you might you might put a little bit more salt or more some turmeric on your shit, but you're yeah, one listen, of listen, a certain listen. number of people. You you grill chicken. You either seasoned or not, motherfucker. <laughs> like, listen, let's keep it real. You know what? In today's age, everyone thinks they're so different, but you're just you're a, not you're fucking. Just, you're not that different. Exactly. You're just you're like repeating. You're just a, a product of like your environment. Right. Right. And so for me, like when I was learning about people, I thought I wanted to be a coach. And I that, that, realized. Well, Mikal said he thought you would end up being a coach because nah, you're so smart. But that literally was that literally we were talking about waiting for you to come. He's like, he's like, I always thought you were going to be a coach. What I was, have you been doing? Uh, been, my son plays basketball now. Don't so does my daughter. He needs the right reasons to coach. No, he no, but I can't coach because my expectations of how basketball should be played is. So That's why hard. you should coach. No, no, but I can't micromanage. And also, we got some if a parent, I wish a parent would say, because I'm chill <laughs> on the sideline. I am very chill on the sideline. You know what? I The only reason that I would ever yell at my kid, right, when he scores a point or when he does things, I tell him, run the fuck, fuck back and act like you've done it before. Right. So that's why I get mad at him. And also, for me, it's and, and this is a, a big thing, right? I don't know how to be a good dad outside of basketball. Okay. So, like, teaching life lessons. Okay, I'm a good dad. I'm a great dad. Teaching life lessons outside of basketball is very hard for me. So, when my kids play basketball, I can teach them everything that I know. Meaning, if you are up, how do you act to this kid? If you are down, do you shake his hand still? If you are going through something tough in your mind... How do you react to that? So for me as a parent, I can parent better when you're playing a sport okay. that I know how you feel mm -hmm. rather than just regular life. Like if they go well, to school. Well, parenting is a bitch. Oh, and I have four kids. Because, because that's just because literally you realize your parents are making, they don't know, they're making up as they go along. What? So for at least, sure. So, so the game, I, I'm like, but the game gives, that's why so many. It gives parameters. That's why so many uh, athletes who've done, like if there was a coach like, at Isaiah, who, yeah. who was your coach for a while, but like Coach Knight, like his mom said, you're going there because he knew his discipline, and she would totally. shape him and mold him. And that was a lessons. crazy story, by the way. You heard that? Yeah. About the Ku Klux Klan? Oh, yeah. I said, if he wins, the Ku Klux Klan ain't going to bother him. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> Zeke was for sure. And I love Zeke to death, man. Like, uh, you know, it didn't work out necessarily in New York, but Zeke is 
with his Sherlin wine. Yeah. You know, I've at, we've talked to him about certain things and like his mind of like how pushing the culture. I wish he got more attention. He's one of the goats. He doesn't get enough credit. He, yeah, no, we, I know he, listen, listen, we, we talked about On the court, like, off the court. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I'd love, you go back in this episode, I was like, he was the first athlete on the cover of Forbes. Like, uh, uh, the Players Association, um, like he's like, you, he made it so you don't need an agent because right. you're gonna get like like like. He's a legend. He is. A, I mean, he's dope. He's the first athlete to have every single job in a basketball owner, coach, yeah. GM, yeah. president, yeah. player. Like he done it all. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, what, the first black guy to bring champagne to America under his own label. I yeah, that yeah, is yeah. wild. Yeah, exactly. Sherlin is good. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had it. It's good. Yeah, it's good. No, uh, no dosage. No, no zero, zero dosage. As he sugar. says, no sugar. I mean, because I'm like, it, it, I'm like, scary, bro, it's no dosage, but like. Yeah, I mean, there's sugar in them up. Yeah, but it, that's like, it's like, if it's alcohol, there's sugar in it. That's how you get yeah, alcohol. Right. But anyway. But um, no <laughs> added sugar. So right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, but you know, like, and he was talking about like, he had a popcorn company. I mean, dude, just Woo! the mind, hey, man. low key. You know. I'm a popcorn guy. <laughs> he, his popcorn was fire. <laughs> it was in Times Square. It was so good. It was so good. I'm a popcorn freak, but that's you my just that's a my freak advice. In general. Come on, Doug. Oh Man, my listen, God, that's so funny. So, uh, what was it like? I just got. What was it like? I love like, the smell. what was it like? Like, you know, you're at the draft, right? Yeah. And you sit there, and like, and they go with the. I eight, knew I was getting the, drafted. Yeah, you knew. Yeah, I knew. Yeah. I knew if I got past six, I only did two workouts. Okay. I was in Chicago. I was working out with Tim Grover and my agent, Rob Palenka, who's the GM now for uh, the Lakers, um, was like, you're not doing no workouts. He was like, unless you're going to play against Andrew Bogut, who went number one, you're not working out versus none of these dudes. Did you ever play against him in the regular season? Yeah, we beat the shit out of him. Utah. <laughs> so you had good tape against Bogut. <laughs> Stop it. That's great. I was like, dude, I'll work out against him. What, what do you want to do? And he was like, nope, I'm already yeah. number one. And which makes sense. And Bogey's great. He's a great dude. Little Boogers is great. Right? He was on the Cavs. This is funny. He was on the Cavs for literally three days. With you? Yeah. Man. He came to the Cavs. He came. <laughs> How about being a white boy from Australia and became the number one pick out of Utah? He was, Yo, can I tell you this? That's like, I don't think he gets enough credit for that. That's it, wild. He was a savage <laughs> until he, he, did it. he was a savage until I was there at the game where he broke his elbow, right? Where he thought Amari pushed him. He didn't. He just let go of the rim. He went to dunk, and Amari was behind him. And Amari just kind of like had his hand. No, like, it's like a phantom thing. It happens. And like he, he was like expecting this? it, and he de- and he no no he was expect like he swung too hard, yeah. and he went underneath and went like this, and oh. I'm behind, and that sucker popped out, mm. and I was like, yeah. oh you were right there when it happened. What? Yes. That's what you're but like he changed Biden after moment, that. Like when he was like like you're like yeah. <laughs> right? yeah he changed after that. But <laughs> Andrew Bogut is a savage, is an absolute most underrated big man I've ever. Played and it's just one of these things where. We forget, like we, we get how good look, he is. How good people were, like oh, you, sleep you just said yeah. a name that was unbelievable, and the people don't yeah, talk about yeah. that much. Because yeah. we, we were, this was before, yeah, before you guys came, and we were talking. I was like, you know, they were like, uh, he was like, you know, do you have a Knicks? Fan? I was like, I'm not a Knicks fan. I'm from New Jersey. I'm, a, I was a New Jersey Nets fan. Oh yeah, so you're big Richard, Kenyon Martin. Even before Jay that, I, I, before I'm, I'm, so I'm will be 55. So I'm, Damn. I'm Derek, Kenny Anderson, and the first. Derek European Hogan. superstar. Oh, Drazen, Drazen was Petrovic. cold. 
Listen, my what? man was cold. What? All the old heads go. Listen, if like, like or Luca, not, 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 exactly. No, 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 no. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like literally, um, like like fucking the Euro steps all the rage now. Like I, when I, I was like, what is that move? <laughs> he was nasty. It was like it was nasty. He was slow mo, and he just was fearless. He was just like fearless and no respect. But listen, this is not brothers a joke. had nothing to do with they didn't. No, no, no. To do because them, man. my man Drazen came from like a war torn country. Exactly, that's another thing. And exactly, you talking yep. about basketball? He like basketball, right? Man, listen, I'm throwing grenades when exactly. I'm eating dinner. He, listen, he's eating exactly. chicken and rice, exactly. and a grenade comes to us, he throw that motherfucker back out and you keep know eating. I had Samra Morris, who's a, who's from Bosnia. I hope she's a winemaker down in California. Like Wait, she, does Bosnia make wine? No, she's oh. a wine. Yeah, they, actually, well, Croatia does. Yes, so pro, there probably is some wine made Bosnia. Let me say, I won't, I, let me, I'm sure someone is making wine. Everybody right. makes wine in Europe. Right, totally, totally. So everybody makes wine. But, like, yeah, like, we forget, like in nineteen, there was a war going on, like a real war. Oh, real war! They were, she, they were underground for a year going to school, right? So Drazen comes out, and then Vladi, and hey, that was but, a huge did, thing. Did you see the documentary about yes. those two? Because they they played for Yugoslavia, and then when they it's broke an amazing up, story. amazing story, amazing story, oh, man. Sabonis. Well, I'm a sad king. Sabonis. Vladi and Tasia were in my So, bag. do you yeah. like the new Sabonis? Do you like oh, his the son, new Sabonis? His son is good. His, son is, yeah. his son is a savage. Yes. Listen. I remember I was playing him. His dad was a legend. I was playing him, and he came off the bench. And I was like, oh, who's this little rookie? This motherfucker hit me with an elbow so hard. <laughs> I said, who? <laughs> I said, oh, he different. <laughs> he hit me. Oh, Listen, Gonzaga, you were in the league when he got drafted. Yes, dude, stop. Listen, you're old. I'm old as shit. You but no, no. Him? He you was in Indiana. Old. Hey, he hit me. They were like, Jenny can only go left. I was like, cool. So I played that right shoulder. He hit me. He hit my clavicle so hard. And boy, I'm going to tell you this. Listen. <laughs> oh, God. And he hit me with the left hook. I looked at the bench and I go, he's, he's really strong. He's really strong. But Sabonis is such a smart, good player. I love his cadence. Like, anyways, it's good. Yeah. We, we don't have to talk basketball. No, it's I mean, basketball but people, I know, but, but people, but they like, were talking basketball to wine people and they love these stories you're sharing. So trust oh, me, it's all God, good. That mother effer um, is strong like, as an like, ox. I call him the lumberjack. You know, so. <laughs> he chop that, he gonna chop that tree down. <laughs> he gonna chop it down. So, um, you make, you know, there's moves made. This is professional sports and like, you had a great career, 14 year career. Um, when did wine start to come into play for you? Like, because that, that now it's this, it's well-known NBA players enjoy wine, blah, blah, blah. When did wine kind of come into play? Man, I mean, <clears throat> when did we start going wine tasting, Jake? Like, probably the year the year I moved to Portland, right? When did you move to Portland? Say, yeah, did Portland, yeah. 2007. Yeah. No, no, no two, yeah, 2007, 2008. Dude, we went wine tasting. We would go wine tasting every summer. Every I remember, summer. here's a funny story. So, Domain Druin is the OG's absolutely delicious juice. The OG's of Joe, OG's of, of Oregon. So, I forgot that the wife and I went there initially, and I had no clue about wine. I had never been wine tasting. So, I'm drinking beers before we're going wine tasting, <laughs> right? Because I'm 24, right? Yeah, so, we're yeah. like, oh, I'm get drunk. Shannon likes to drink. Yeah, well, listen, it's Good delicious. Enough. Like the only time I turn down a drink is when I don't understand the question. But <laughs> so, like, we go in there, and they're showing this us the Pinot Noir room. is fucking delicious. <laughs> ah, there we go. That is our ethos. Wow, <laughs> that's why action brought fuck that. We gotta delicious. send you some. Yeah. 
We'll send you some. No, Jacob sent me some. You can send me some more, but Jacob sent me a box. No, no, 21s are different, oh, though. okay. Well, and one of the things that not to... No, no, go, no, go, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I love this, the, the free-flowing. Well, yeah, these ahead. two bottles... I just got thinking about sharing wines with you in New York and yeah. sitting on this couch right now. These two wines... So we've been growing this business, right? But we took it from a very small place to a place where we wanted to be able to share it with people. Mm-hmm. We're super excited, and it's been a, a daunting but Woof. amazing exp- task to learn the FOB side of things, the distribution side. So we're actually opening up New York as we speak. These two ah. wines sitting on this table will be in distribution through the signature division of Southern Glazers in New York, in the state of New York, starting dun, late dun, March, dun, early dun, April. Dun, 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 I know. We've heard. No, but, but you know what? It's a good place to be. You want, it's a but, great place. But the reason, it's a good place. But let's surpass, the, the best partners, man. They're good the partners. The job also of us, though, is to inform and educate the places we want our wines to land. Exactly. Your audience, the people that are listening, where we're dining, we you can have a sales force for you called distribution, but you also can build a network of a community where you that love your wines, they're going to get your wines. Exactly. So we're here to say, yo, if you're effing with us, if you haven't had a chance or you want a chance to try these wines, if you know <coughs> MJ personally and he's vouching for our wines, we want to land in New York not because we're trying to open up a gateway to just sell wine. We want our wines to be in the right places, drank by the right people. He spilled. But I, listen, I'm not, I've knocked over spit buckets. Of course. <laughs> That's disgusting. It, it is Anyways, New York, we're coming for you. And if you want our wines and you run a hospitality program, an F&B program, please l- learn how we can uh, build together. Dude, I love yeah, the I shameless plug. That. that was dope, yeah. man. Thank you. But the wines, are, the wines are seriously, like, I, you know, like, I have opinions, as we all do. Please. But you guys have said this. Like, it's not a money. So many, there are a lot of celebrities. It is a money grab. Let me take advantage of this moment. These wines are just killer, and I don't normally geek out, but like, what is what clone is this of the Pinot Noir? Because do you know what clone that is? Uh, uh, it's a mix. Seven, seven. It's a mix. Seven, seven, seven. Well, no, no, no. no, no. Oh, the Pinot? Pinot. There's a few clones because it's not yeah, one yeah. side. Triple seven, and then. Uh, well, there's, there's a lot of Pomard in the back. So I got, yeah. see, Pomard is my jam because it, it listen that, that hey, darker, richer, yes, fuller. How do you make, the how do you make a Oregon Pinot if you don't have? Yeah. Pomard, if you're not getting a little Dundee. So yep. we source from Dundee Hills, Eola Amity, Shehala Mountain. Mm-hmm. To us, that is the truest essence of Oregon. To, I mean, to like well, I mean, to, to, to the point this about. One. Right, right, right. But to the point, like you're talking about, like, Alec, that's where, like, a lot of the Holly Alec, that's, that's, the, that's where you are. That's where you're going to be. Yeah. This where you're Walter Scott's. You know, you know, like, this is, this is, you know, and then the OGs, like you're saying, you know, that's where the main. Well, I think for us, is like, we sit in a room, like, you know, four or five of us, we blind taste all this. So it's not like we go, oh, this year we're going to make it taste like this. We got to literally fight like animals that like, oh, let's say we taste 10 glasses of wine from all over. We blind. We don't know where they're from. We have to say, what's the main character? What's this? What's that? What's this? And then we got to go, well, you think this? And now it's me and Jake. Now, we're not winemakers versus like, our winemakers, like, you know, Chase, uh, Jackson, you know, Kevin, whoever it is, and we sit, we're like, well, damn, I like 137. You're like, well, I like 10, 4, 6. You're talking about Why? building the final blend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that's what I'm saying, that, but, like, it's that's true. Blend. I mean, that's, that's how but it it's, is. But it's exciting to do that because we have a say versus guys who are experts yeah. in their Versus realm. someone who goes – just make the wine. No, no, we not doing that. Well, the final say is true consumers that love wine that want to share it, right? Not right. just yeah. esoteric winemakers that are perfectionists and Ooh, hard on their own craft, word. right? Yeah. So we're trying to bridge <laughs> that gap so we can. Sh- so what does esoteric mean? 
I'm gonna let you look that one up. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> good. Learning to when you freestyle. Yeah, fuck car, that. I got, got my degree. One. I'm not learning nothing. Well, exactly. we, but the cool thing is to the point of getting to blind and create these blends. We also have incredible contracts from great vineyards across the Willamette Valley that are the stewards of them and the people working them. We have great relationships with. So we're trying to find as grand crew of sites at that we can have year after year be the backbones of our wines that we're sharing with people. So it's oh for good. sure. So is your wife. She got you into wine, kind of. For sure. Oh, fuck, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> she did, man. You know what? And we used to crush. Now that I look back, I'm so mad at myself. We used to crush some of the best wine for no reason. But, like, it started out like it was. Well, dude, we were. It got you here. It got me here. <laughs> it, it, you know what it was? It was that it's hard for me to, to disconnect. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. When you go to wine country. Your phone, for the most part, doesn't fucking work. I know, pretty much. Shitty and you have to literally sit and listen and Learn. just be quiet for a second. Yeah. It's hard for me to do that, and I enjoy when all options are taken away from me, and I just have to enjoy the view. The I'm looking at the grape. I take my shoes off. I walk the vineyard. Yeah, dude, I got nice, I got nice feet. I don't know. You was talking about... Richard said you had some busted toes. No, 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 no. Richard's feet are fucked up. I do not. <laughs> no, no, I've, I've done that before. I'm sure you have. Totally. But I'm saying, but like, even a, the experience like this. We went to France. We're going to all Paris. We're going to Nice. We're going to, you know, all these places. Mm -hmm. We go to Bordeaux for the first time. Okay. So I have no clue what Bordeaux looks like. We go on a train. I'm like, what is this city? So our driver at the time, uh, this guy, shout out Tiger, uh, light skinned black guy, and I go, oh, how did how did we how did this happen, right? So he's driving us around. He said he North goes, Africa. <laughs> no, he's actually Morocco. he's half Morocco. French. Yeah. He's half French, yeah. half uh, like he lived in California. So we talk. Hoops. Oh, that's so crazy. Right, right. He talks hoops. So this guy, like, I don't know anything about him, and we're just you know driving around, and we're like, okay, we have a wine tasting the next day, so we have three things planned. So we're gonna go see these three places. He goes. Guys, I'm so sorry I changed your... Agenda. Agenda. So we went to a place, and I completely forgot, only because of the next place. So we went to this place that was elite, amazing. And I ordered so much wine, but we drank it during COVID because obviously well, we're yeah, sitting at the crib. Exactly. The next place we went to was Petrus, where the winemaker comes out. And I was like, who the fuck are you, Tiger? He goes, oh, I'm just the... Head, you know, like basically, I'm head of travel for LVMH. <laughs> and I was like, "How the hell did we get you?" Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you know, because like, you the know. head winemaker of Petrus comes out. Yeah, it's a closed day. We're the only tasting, right. and he walks us through the vineyard. I still never had Petrus, dude. I'm telling you this right now. My oh, mind, you never had. I'm geeking Saint out. Say Dimage, as oh. the French say. <laughs> You you've never I've had in a minute. Maybe but. tonight's the night. You never know. Ooh, I, I listen. You in New York? I don't York, know. Man. Depending on what that budget Throw is, listen. There, the, that budget. It's around town. Oh, it's. I saw two at the yeah. Spring Street. Yeah, it's, it's, it's he had an 02, He had a '96. And a well, I had an 02 Oson last week. 02 is probably for me. It's probably in a good spot right now. An 02 Petrus? Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, because it's, it, I mean, it's, it's 21 years old, right? So shit gets, shit can get too old for me. Like, then thank you, dude. We were talking about this. Sometimes yeah, I mean, like, people you, like you, this you, old like, ass like, wine. Old ass wine. And you're juice. searching for a tasting note. Like the tertiary notes are just abundant right now. Leather, truffle, <laughs> mom's mothball sweater. I mean, <laughs> gooch. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like. Easy listen, though. I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't mind an older wine, but like, there's a pocket. Have. And they for have me, freshness. They gotta be that, still alive. Yeah. So like like an O2 would probably be singing right now. Might even seem a little bit young, but never for me, you know. So anyway. No, I like that. Dude, we're on the same yeah. page. I'd rather go, damn, this could have lasted another year, but yep. I absolutely love it. Yep. And it still is growing. Vinegar, exactly. for sure. Yeah, right. dude. Ain't you nobody know. wanna drink I know, but <laughs> weird leather water. <laughs> leather water. We just but you could listen. This is a beverage, and we could probably sell that. Like, there's vitamin, leather water. There's, leather there's water. Are they still smoke taint wine? Oh, my oh. God. You ever had Marlboro Reds with your Pinot Noir? Dude, Ooh. your boy was. Wah, 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 Some wah. people think it's good. Oh, my God. Barbecue wine's wonderful. Wait, listen, yeah. hey, 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 go get a mezcal. Go There's get a high, high noon. Go get a I mean, high end whiskey. Since we're on that tip, like I'm like I'm like, what is this bourbon barrel wine shit? Like, what is that shit, man? If I want bourbon, I'll drink bourbon. Yep, we'll it's, go with French oak. Everyone <laughs> gotta have a stick. They yeah. like what they like. They like what they like. Some people make good wine. They gotta market it. Um, <clears throat> so, when did you guys meet? Because you said you've known each other for a long time. Oh, you a met long while you're still playing. Yeah, oh yeah. When right. I moved to Portland, right. we lived in buildings. So you got traded from New York to uh, Portland, and yep. you said oh seven or oh eight. Oh seven. And then I had a buddy, shout out to Josh McRoberts, who played Mick, for the Blazers. McRoberts. And him and Channing were teammates. Okay. And if you know anything about Channing Fry through this course, he likes to host, have some fun. So yep. after Blazers games would be Channing's house. We'd have some fun, got to know each other, <laughs> tried to get him to start playing a little golf. Golf led to some, uh, some other activities. Damn, I'm trash at golf, and he's a scratch golfer. Oh, is he? We I'm trash. He's seen me break clubs. Oh, yeah, I've seen it all. <laughs> <laughs> Literally was driving and so you guys are just neighbors. Yeah, we just became homeboys. We what 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 what, yeah. what what's what, what what did you major in? What was your background for work before you started doing this, man? Um, I was in the film business before the wine. Oh, business. really? Okay. Went on the Porn. independent film journey. Uh, lived in L.A. A lot um, of OnlyFans stuff. Shit. <laughs> Whoever's got to pay the bills, big guy. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> Just spraying Merlot all over my body. Oh <laughs> my God, <laughs> gross! <laughs> gross. <laughs> Merlot. <laughs> Sorry. In quotation marks. Uh, this is not. This is the I, right place to be. But I came up to, to Oregon to make a movie called Golf in the Kingdom, and we made it at these famous golf courses called Bandon Dunes, which is in Southern Oregon. But I lived in Portland during that time. Had some friends that lived there, and Chan just became in my. I didn't know that many people, but Chan Fry was actually one of the few people I met outside of. My immediate That's circle funny. of someone I grew up with and Josh. Mm -hmm. And we just always got along, always had fun. And then I think our evolution as adults kind of mirrored each other because mm -hmm. we would learn from each other. And when he popped back into town, we'd stay friends and see each other during the season usually, but he was off playing hoops, doing his thing. I've known Lauren, his wife, forever. My wife, Megan, and Lauren know each other before we knew each other. Which is wild. It's a small world, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I knew his wife probably before separate you before Jacob. So I knew Megan mm -hmm. because Megan, Shelby, that yeah. you know Lizard Lounge crew. And I knew Jake. Well, Lizard Lounge is the, the name of a store, store that they all worked at. So that's we would hilarious. go to the that, Lizard that's Lounge. That's how I met her. Right. I exactly. That's needed, what I'm saying. Needed, Ladies, Listen. what's cracking and, and what's going on? And I met my wife. And the first day I met her, I called her Trouble. She's still on my phone. It's Trouble this day. So that's my the wife, best. what my wife called just says Trouble <laughs> on my screen. It's Dude, awesome. that'll get you right in a second. <laughs> so Chan and I ran together. I mean, bachelor parties, weddings, the whole thing. And okay. then I started getting in the wine business in 2015 from an official standpoint. We'd already started going wine tasting okay. and developing 
an opinion maybe. And then I got the opportunity to harvest and build a brand and run a winery. And Chan was traveling, playing basketball, and sharing wine with his friends. And the cool thing about Chan was it wasn't just Napa Cab, right? He's living in Oregon. So here's a Beaufrere. Here's a Longaloa Estate. Here's, here's an Antique Terra. And I think Braun and them, Chan's people, were going like, oh, there's some hitters. Mm-hmm. And so it opened up a pipeline of opportunity in the mind <clears throat> that led to us going, when he retired, we had already talked, you know, as friends, what are you going to do when you're done? What about this? What about that? And I think we had started doing nonprofit events every summer to raise money for Children's Cancer Association in Oregon. And we'd have the best chefs in Portland come out. We'd 50 people would buy tickets. We'd cry. We'd tell stories. Chase, one of our partners, battled cancer Ooh, I while we were launching. Chan and both of us have personal touches to that word. Mm-hmm. Um, but we put together these amazing moments, and wine would always be the center of them. And then Chan would get in the cellar, get the opportunity to do special blends for these events. And so the, I think the pillars were there. And then I, when he retired, it's kind of Chan stays busy. He's got a lot going on, but he loved wine. And we just started going, you know, if we did something, what would that look like? And Chosen Family was born out of our ability to manifest and dream. So I'm hoping, like, Chan, Chan, Chan got his phone out. I'm hoping he's No, like, no, I'm trying no, to find a picture. I'm, uh, no, I'm just it's – it's a funny story, though, man. Like, find a picture. But I think it's like – you ever heard the Dave Chappelle story about when he met Kanye West and he knew Kanye West was going to be a big star? And like, yeah. Like so, like I'm hoping. I was hoping Chan was uh, Richard had texted him. Richard Jefferson. He's like, "No, nah, I can't fuck with you right now, Richard. I'm, I'm with the black wine guy." No, I'm trying no, to show you a picture of like of a, of, a, of a young Channing and a young Jacob we got wreaking those. havoc on the streets of Portland. Oh, dude, I'm trying to find a we picture. We definitely of, drank like, a lot of beer and tequila together before we drank wine. Woof. But yeah. our evolution of wine and food and dinners came came together. This is so, ridiculous. Um, you you mentioned Jacob like your your family did drink wine, mm-hmm. uh, and you you know um, coming from Davis, and you said 2015 you started getting what 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 was your foray into wine in 2015 because this hadn't happened yet, chosen to happen. So what was your foray? Uh, if if we're just telling the the origin story, I was went to play golf, on that golf got to the first tee box with a buddy who now works for Bill and Melinda Gates. Shout out shout out Jeff Hall. Um, Chase Renton was on. He played golf with us. I didn't know him. Never met him in my life. Good golfer. We just became kind of friends over four hours of playing golf. I thought he probably did commercial real estate. <laughs> Young white guy at a country club, you know. Um, <laughs> That's uh, a stop, I know. Listen, listen. We all, we all, we all stereotype each other. For yeah, sure. yeah. Listen, listen. And unbeknownst to me, stereotypes when, are good sometimes. They are. I mean, you know. Uh, off of that team. round, we became buddies, eating, drinking, getting to know each other, and our families. And uh, his family had just bought a beautiful vineyard in the Dundee Hills. Woof. They had just planted it in 2012. The first vintage was coming up in 15. I was trying to get off a plane from L.A. and decide what I wanted to do for a living in Portland or in Oregon. Um, a few kicking around some ideas. And I knew wine country, I thought, was gold. There was a lot to do out there. And Chase invited me to do the first harvest. And in my mind, I said, I could tell the grandkids one day I made wine, so I'd have a story about it. So I did harvest. And then in between the first and second harvest, it was... How are you going to strategize? How are you going to market brand? What? How are you going to host? What's the? And I, I think I manifested through my own beliefs in what the wine industry could have. Chase, being a great winemaker, didn't want to do the job I was basically saying. How should you do these things? Right. And we basically formed a partnership, and the, his family invited me in to take uh, start their brand, start their business, start hosting out of their beautiful tasting room. And Longolo exploded, and through Longolo, I didn't know. I'm not from the wine industry, and I think when you come to an industry with no blinders on, you can think outside of the box that's 100%. been presented to you. And so I never truly agreed with how wine was presented. Yeah. I, I think that the wine industry has been built 
on a premise of almost turning people off to wine, not turning people on to wine, being pretentious, not making people feel comfortable. So to me, that never made sense where it's a luxury good. No one has to buy it. So how are you going to invite people into your world to fall in love with it? And uh, we started that process. I think we bought, built a culture at, at Longolo Estate and through Chan and our friendships that we got to share with people. And then Chosen Longolo Family to me is what we could do next, but with the world in mind and with our passions on steroids, right? And Kev joined us. Kevin Love has an incredible palate. He's one of our dear friends. Um, he loved what we were doing. He saw what we were doing. And he said, yo, I want to be a part of this. And uh, getting him to be a part of this has been amazing. Getting to work with our favorite winemakers and show them off and highlight. Wine, a lot of times you sign a lot of NDAs. Hey, I'm going to pretend what's in this bottle. I farmed it. Oh, I made oh, it. I know, I know, I know. We didn't. We, it's the worst. We, we wanted to do the opposite of that. Right. I mean, that's. Oh, guys. Don't even I know, but look. That. Right, we can open the box. <laughs> no, Hold on, I mean, if you I'm, if you well, if somebody were to go get a, one of our collaboration bottles, right. there's a gold stamp yeah. on every one of those yeah. collaboration bottles yeah. that shows you. We share our label with other brands. We share our label with other I've brands. Also, we show you a picture of where, where we got that wine. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about. It's not a competition. Right. Right. No, it's not. A, yeah. Well, let's highlight each other. Like right. I couldn't be Channing if I wasn't drinking. Petrus, or if I wasn't drinking Longolo, yeah. or if I wasn't drinking Lingua Franca. Oh, or by the way, that Longolo, did, did you like blind JJ on it? It fucked him up. JJ, JJ loved it. Yeah, he loved that Longolo. Like, I know he did. Yeah, because he, he said when he was on the podcast, he's like, you blind, like he thought it was white burgundy. Oh, of course he did. Yeah. Well, that, so well the, I mean, you know. Of course he did. The family you're seeing <laughs> is coming from an organic place. And to your point, one of the things we've gotten to share and learn from at a very authentic place is how fucking good Oregon Chardonnay is becoming. <sighs> Dude. And, I, I, and getting to share that with people is amazing. And we're getting, we're launching a lot. Is it oaky? Art. You better Wait. shut the hell up and drink it. Wait, what you about our, our newest collaboration? And drink. I think Tomah at Lingua Franca is one of the greatest oh. winemakers in the new oh, world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. DRC, oh, yeah. Yep. His, his pedigree is unmatched. I mean. And he came to Oregon to make Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. And we're doing, Chosen Family's doing a Lingua Franca Chardonnay collaboration. Nice. Comes out this month. I've seen Chardonnay get made. When we were talking about the process of, of like why our Chardonnay is different, yep. he blew my mind of the details of like every single step of why it's going to be different and why it is the price that it is. And that to me was so exciting. Like we've done blendings. It's so this right. is 40. This is 38. Now imagine I'm, I'm, what our $100 I'm, I'm, joint I know, because I'm not, I had a Chardonnay 31. earlier this week from, from where? A, from a very revered. Incredible producer, and it's true Sonoma Coast. It was very good. Wayfair. Wait, I didn't say anything. <laughs> he asked for. He asked me for names. And and it's different. This, this is it's good, huh? Killing it right now. Yeah. And this is like your entry level shit. Yeah. It's it's like what do we it, cannot it, it, it make like, wine that I don't. My wife only mm-hmm. drinks white wine. Yeah. So our our mm-hmm. fridge. I have white thank wine you, parties. Thank you. Yeah, but thank you. But like, we can't. We are always gonna try. We love white burgundy. Yeah. We love white burgundy, but we cannot be part of the Willamette Valley and try to compete. Um, we're not a JV team. We're not a JV player. We are a varsity <laughs> no, you're player, not. and we're <laughs> we're just a freshman trying to earn time, earn eyes, yeah. earn. Yeah. But we're we can't be on the team. 
right? The Willamette yeah. Valley. You've always said you make... hope one day people go to the store and just grab Chosen Family because they know it's one of the best wines they can buy on the shelf, right? We didn't do this for the prestige of name. We yeah, built totally. something that we wanted to be a pillar of the wine community. Could you imagine Channing Fry wines? It sounds so stupid. No, I love, and that's another thing I love. I, like, wouldn't, like, so like, so I wouldn't be sitting right here right now. No, it sounds so stupid. It's just like it's not about me. I'm not making this wine. Exactly. We have a We're process. A we have a process of making the wine. But like, this is about. Let, let me use like, my platform. Yeah, it's, and just let's just enjoy the shit out of this. This because, is damn wine. Because it's, you know it's how hard it is to find like white burgundy at forty bucks. That's like you can't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Or it's like a one-off. Like you, like it's like right vintage. Is, is well, it's a, okay, but twenty ones are crazy. Someone smuggled exactly. back in. Twenty ones are crazy. Yeah. Twenty was nice. 21s are crazy. I'm pretty interested to see what how we do with 22. But at 38 bucks. Oh, stop. To be able to go buy this and like like both these wines I'm like, "Oh man, I need I need some roast chicken." And I have two both of these open. Oh. Roast chicken, some mashed potatoes and some Aricot bears. That's green beans for y'all who don't know. In okay, a, I did not know. I was like, what the hell is that? Sorry. You better say some damn green beans. For someone I assume has that a butter on and can pull whatever you want to drink with that meal you described, you would think about pulling Chosen Family. Oh, yeah. And you're half right. I have a pretty good cellar, but like I, I have like I have a podcast or something. Well, my cellar. How many wines do you have in your cellar, you think? Uh, I got maybe. Five, six hundred? got five hundred right now. So stop it. You have wine. But, yeah, and you have like, access to it, I and you would drink chosen. Six hundred before, like before the fucking pandemic. Because <laughs> we all bought a thousand before the pandemic. Um, boy was. But no, this is why. Some like, bad habits. But like, Dad, why are you I'm sleeping? Like, I'm like, yeah, y'all yeah. need to send me some of these, a few bottles in case one's corked. Um, no, no, like, nothing's corked. It happens, bro. It, 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 it got no. It's no reflection on you. I know I'm joking, but I, I know you are. But I know, like, you know, um, I was but like, nothing's corked. No, wait, we never had cork bottles. Yes, stop it. But like, yeah, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna break out my Ronco. I got the original Ronco rotisserie chicken. Ooh, that shit is, it's crisp all around. If the chi- if the skinning, I'll, I'll be having a shard while I'm while while we're prepping everything, Zuni's and then there'll be a little left. What's that? You ever been to San Francisco to Zuni's? No, I've been to San Francisco, but never. But when I was in San Francisco, San Francisco I was like, believe me, I was like. A vegetarian, believe it or not. So uh, I was going one of the best uh, rotisserie chickens in the world, and wineless is at the same spot in San Francisco. Okay, we're we gonna have to. This guy, fucking. Every time I want to go out to dinner, I'm like Jake, where should I go? Jake's like, Here's yeah, now this. you know why we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> I've been making right? reservations yeah, for 15 years. <laughs> oh, dog, it's been great. I've been like Jake. Now I try to get in. You know this dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm like, hey, Jake, you know this dude? He goes, yeah, yeah. The chef is my friend. I go, yeah, hook your boy up. Right? I mean, dude, it's been crazy. But like, being in Portland. And being a part of this industry has been absolutely awesome. Like it, it's been, it's hard as shit being in one industry, but it's awesome when you pick your head up for a second and see like, holy shit, our wines at like really good places. Yeah. Like, yeah. and our buddies are making really good food. Mm-hmm. Like our wines at Con, this is the number one restaurant in America. Like who, new who's new restaurant? Like who says that? Right. At no, at no point ever did I think we would go from. 125 cases to right. now chosen is by the glass or right. by the bottle at con opening right. New York and California and Stop and, and uh, yeah. I think after you leave here you're going to taste Aldo Sam on your wine. We right? actually Aldo's my guy. <laughs> hey, he is. Can I tell him what you told me in the car? On the way? Please. Me and Channing were driving here and we had a we had a great night last night and we had a moment to reflect on our 25 minute beautiful drive to this podcast. And uh, after this podcast, we get to go to lunch and share our wines with some people and. One of those is maybe the greatest psalm in the world. 
and Channing started getting emotional. Because when you talk about this journey, and you, we, we don't get a chance. To, Channing said if he could speak to his 14-year-old self, he'd keep his head down. Yeah. All we've been doing is keeping our head down and working. Running small business, scaling small business, Oof. and doing it at a high level of quality is really hard. The wine industry is not easy. It's not an easy game. So we haven't had a lot of chance. To, even when we've had monumental moments, this is a, we're trying to pick our head up a little bit right now and enjoy and find the joy back in what we've created. The fact that what's happening now and what happens next, for him to find emotion in that and understand the journey that we, where we started and where we're going, for me as his business partner and one of my best friends, <laughs> meant the world to me. So, like, to have these moments and find this is... I mean, the motherfucker won an NBA championship. <clears throat> and he's getting choked up because you're wine. I'm not... Imagine... This was harder for him than I that. I was playing basketball since I was in second grade. It. And it took me 11, 12 years to win a championship of every single day. I have the opportunity in this new realm mm -hmm. as a... Not, not a rookie, but somebody new. Somebody that does not look... There's nothing that qualifies me... As a wine right. vintner, right, right. right? As a wine expert. Right. I've dived into this passion, into this business, into this all day, every day, all day, every day. and I'm having, I get the opportunity to pour wines. Okay, so not only was my wine, was our wine at Kevin Love's wedding with all the vintners from all the places. Your Robert Borg guy was there. He liked our wine. Loves uh, that Robert. dude. Is Rob everywhere. is the man. His wife is Let's, amazing, too. Yeah, dude. dude. I had Jordan on the podcast. Oh. You know, so, you want know, Jordan? You know what's so funny? Hey, we crushed it. Why? That can't so, so is a... is a, is a... listen. That no, can't no, Ramona, I said Ramona Ramona's is... Ramona's will kill you. Listen, listen. You probably was so you lit want some, off you want, some, you want something to drink while you're smoking a spliff? Ramona oh. is it. Ramona is <laughs> Ramona the... Ramona family, yeah, I had I, to stop ordering them. The wife and I had to stop ordering them. She said, damn, Channing, what is this bill? I said... I mean, it was Ramona. It, she says, damn it. I know, okay, man. Okay, cool. People were... <laughs> they are so, shout out, Jordan. Yep. Dude, they are so delicious. But I Ramona's. send out emails from time to time to former guests, thanking them for being on. I'm like, you know, also looking for sponsors and also who would be a great guest. And Jordan wrote back. She's like, uh, Channing Fiber. I was like, he coming on next week. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. So, so it's so funny. Yes. But, 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 like, I think Robert Bohr was on... He was on Levy's podcast. He's such an amazing human. But but man. like Le I mean, but Levy, Levy said like, like Robert is like he's like the guy behind a guy. Like he's like he's like he's like the guy. Like it's he's an if you know you know. But like he's connected to all the dope fucking people. Like anyway, the one we had that he brought bust out. It like you talking about the night before. Oh, oh well, and then and then and there's the whole thing. It, it I mean, was, I don't know if the greatest one I've ever had. Fanboying, but like, but also oh, like, fanboying. But but like, even like having worked with John Capon, Acker, biggest auction house. Like, John once said, "There's nothing like a Robert Bohr wine service." Like like when he's even like he just the way he is just his astuteness, his attention to detail, his passion comes to even the way he pours the wine for you. You know what I'm saying? I had no idea, and it's the night before Kevin's wedding, and we can get into a longer story, but. Here I am, like punt, like highlighting and hyping up how cool Chosen's gonna be and the world class wines we're gonna make the Robert Moore. And he's like, uh, okay. You heard Domain de Comte de Bellier? Yeah, like, what site is this coming from? <laughs> and it's a 2020? Yeah, dude, stop. Dude, he, but. But look dude. who we're talking about. And mm -hmm. organically, we've mm -hmm. gotten it. And I, I think that the true beauty if you own something that you're passionate about, you never have to sell it a day in your life. Well, that's we it. literally are on a journey to share shit we exactly. love. Right. And we're doing it through a brand right. called Chosen right. Family. Right. And there's no 
we don't have to play by the same rules of just make two skews from one place. Right. We are literally opening our minds, <laughs> our pocketbooks, and our travel experiences to highlight <laughs> and share the wines we're in love with. Yeah, and that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing, man. Um, so, like, damn, I wish you booked three hours, but you guys got to go break it. They, listen, they, they take in New York. New York, Chosen Family Wines is coming now. Screw, screw. Um, so we're gonna do a couple of things. Uh, do a couple of things with both of you. I only do that with my kids because um, they find it on my phone. And they, yeah, exactly. All right. Um, we're gonna play a game called Fuck Mary Kill. Ooh, love it. FMK. Do this both of you. We'll do. Uh, we'll start with you, Jacob. Uh, three grapes. Which one are you fucking? Which one are you marrying? Which one are you killing? Pinot Noir, Syrah, and Cabernet Sauvignon. Um. I'm going to fuck Syrah, I'm going to marry Pinot Noir, and I'm going to kill that cowboy. And I'm not even mad at you, because, like, of, of all, like, like I'm not the biggest cab guy. No. Like, I prefer, like, when I go to Bordeaux, I'm Santa Mio, and I'm right bang. I love, I love, I love Merlot, Cab Franc, Blend. It's the best. And, 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 you know, I mean, like, yes. If you, got, if you got Harlan, you got Bryant, I'll drink your shit. You got Scrimago, I'll drink your shit. But it's not, Cabernet's not my first go-to. We're no. coming out with a Howl Mountain <laughs> cab with some freshness and elevation. It'd be beautiful. If I had to fuck a Syrah, it would be a Northern Rhone style Syrah. I don't love, there's some Syrahs out there I don't F with, yeah, yeah. but there are some that are some of my favorite wines in the world, and they come from, we make a Syrah at Chosen, but, and the reason I say that is we do it with a Pinot Noir maker to sh- highlight the acidity structure and sure. finesse that you sure, can sure. show in that grape, and when that grape is made properly, it is one of the best wines. In oh, world. without oh. a doubt. Without a doubt. Dude, the, the chewiness of yep. it, like the, the purple. Meatiness. Yeah, meaty. The, the purple, yes. the black fruit, the blue fruit. Ugh. And then you got bacon fat or guanciale. Bacon, damn. Fucking, and then olive tapping. Olive, olive, you know, listen. What is tapping? That's when they chop the olives up. Fuck that is. Exactly. Fuck olives, he said, fuck olives. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Channing. Yeah. Fuck, Mary kill. Pinot Noir. Oh, same as him. It's same. not even close. All right, so I'm going to change it up. I'm going to give you three different grapes. Yeah, do Okay, that. here you go. Uh, Nebbiolo, Grenache, and Chardonnay. Oh. Ooh. Kill Grenache. All right. Fuck That's it. Nebbiolo. You're done. Get the fuck out of here. Kill, kill Grenache. Grenache is the greatest grape. No, no way. It's like, it's like, I'm it's marrying like, it's like Chardonnay Rory, Grenache all is the day, greatest every day. I'm marrying Chardonnay. If somebody said you only had to drink one wine, I would take Chardonnay all day. Every What's day. your wife's name? Lauren. Shout out to Lauren. That's why we drink Chardonnay all day, so we can hang on to you, baby. Well, no, no. I, <laughs> oh, like white wine. No, no. Like I would drink white wine over red wine. Me. I would tell you this all day, every day. I, I, so I, say, I, I would say this. Savion like, like Riesling. In all honesty, Blanc white Blanc. wine is actually more complex than most people think it is. Sure. Oh. And and and. I love Mikael getting the shout-outs. Mikael LePonce photo. Um, like, I do this thing called Reason Study. Like, like white wine is, is so underrated. So underrated. Give me, give me, some, give me some Chenin Blanc from the water. Come on, man. Some, 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 here's the, some Riesling? Stop uh, it. White wine is the biggest indicator of good versus bad. When you have your first aha moments, I was more of a red wine drinker. I started ma- getting in the wine industry and being around winemakers. Wine right, hold makers. on, because that's the next question. Hold oh, on. I'm going to pause you for a second. But good wine wine will change your world. Um, but just so you know, I am known for saying that Pinot Noir wants to be Grenache when it grows up. Oh, no way. Grenache wants to be Pinot Noir. I will Noir change your mind. Grenache. I will change your mind. Grenache. You're dead wrong. See? Oh, I appreciate now, you. Now, now we got the movie guy and the NBA player trying yeah, to tell the black listen, wine guy about wine. <laughs> Grenache. Yeah, right. We got an opinion. <laughs> yeah. um, so, all right, so um, 
Um, so yeah, so the next question you were about to get into it. Um, I know you grew up with wine, but what was the bottle of wine that really started all for you? I was sitting at the Allison Inn and Spa, which is a, the nicest hotel in the Willamette Valley, with my wife and another couple, Ian and Jackie Carey. Someone it's a good fucking shard, a, by the way, y'all. Well, sorry, I'll skip to it. So the, the sommelier. So we're having an incredible dinner. Wine list comes. I was still, I would call myself a novice at this point. Probably finding the highest price points if we could pay for it. Asking the Psalm for recommendations. Had a great conversation. We started with an incredible uh, Barolo. And then he came back and I said, what should we order next? And he said, well, there's this 07 Beaufrere that I think is one of the best Whammy Valley oh. Pinots I've ever had. And it's from a vintage People Slam. So here we are going like, well, let's try something else because we have money and Oregon Pinot's good, but it's not world class at this rate. The 07 Beaufrere I had that day, I texted Channing while we were drinking and sent it to him. It's a monumental moment in my life knowing that the journey I was going on, the industry I was joining, and the dreams that I had were in the right place because Oregon is making some of the best wines in the world. And that moment proved it to me and has set the journey forward to know that our friends in this valley, the farmers in the valley, and the, what we can build out of it can be compete with anything there is. Shout out to Robert Parker Jr. for seeing that early on. People, people, well, a lot Etzels, of shit to him. And the Etzels. Yes. All God right. bless them all. Well, fuck. So for you, damn. Follow wine that started all, man. <sighs> damn it. Well, you took my damn story. Because mine's at 99. Well, fucking Chase give it to bro- it ain't, it ain't. A 99 Beaufrere. Damn. Chase brought it over. <clears throat> and I was like, it was 2017, 2016. So I'm like, so it was like, yeah. it was like, it was like a 17, 18 year old bottle of wine. Yeah, and I'm like, from oh, but you're like, like from Oregon. Don't bring this, don't bring this to me. Yeah. Unicorns, you don't see them. Dog. Oregon for being young in the game. Sorry, being young in the game. There's not a lot of crazy libraries out there. Yeah. Most of it's gone. People have to sell this shit. It's, it's a business. No, no, yeah. yeah. Library well, we're not, we haven't been around long enough yeah. to have yeah. just these auction houses full of our old yeah. wines. Yeah. So when you get the old stuff, it's usually stumbled upon in moments that you're not expecting. And you're going like, really? And then you try it and you have Dude, that 99 Beaufrey brought over, it like, I said, it fucked my world up because I go, hey, we can make wine like this. I was like, damn, this is crazy that I'm drinking a 20-year-old wine that like almost 20-year-old Pinot. Mm -hmm. When I was like, I thought Pinots were like 5 to 10, 10 to 15. They're delicate. They're going to fall apart. No, 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 no. We not. This thing was fresh, like delicious round structurally perfect like uh, we're hyping up both rare but like obviously there are other places where i've had really good wines but like i was gonna speak about our experience at Kristen together so oh. you flew in we went wine tasting <laughs> with our wives and roxy was just born so oh, she yeah, was I, maybe, that's what i was trying to find pictures she might be a couple weeks old or a month yeah old, three on his old. wife's chest three and one of old. those things and we went to Christum, which I think Beaufort and Christum, if I had to pick, are probably my two favorite producers in the Willamette Valley. Ooh. And we went to Christum. Rachel was there, our homegirl. And then uh, Dorner, the winemaker, gave us a tour. We got a barrel taste. We got to try some old Syrah, which they make, the I think, the best Syrah in the Willamette Valley, and then which I love. And then we got a barrel taste, which was amazing at this stage of our careers, trying it, let alone with the winemaker from one of our favorite places. And then Tom showed up, Chris Tom, and he – hit us with some library wines, and it was just this moment of being, we didn't know this was going to happen. We're where we want to be with our favorite people, and welcome home, Channing. Let's go have a great day. And we're trying wines that just, like, you don't ever forget, right? No. Yeah. All right, guys, so uh, last question for you both. What are you most excited for the future, Jacob? 
Um, I like to say out loud that I think the chosen family has the opportunity and responsibility to push the culture and the industry of wine into the future. And I think our opportunity is limitless if we do this and curate our brand and our business correctly. And our responsibility is to leave this place better than we found it. So I think that everything that I wake up every day proud of and want to, to participate in, this brand can kind of bring to life. So I think it's giving back, it's creating, and then it's sharing shit that we love. And I think on our bottle of wine it says, friendship's our foundation, passion is our purpose, and wine is our connector. I literally think that that's my life. I love that. Channing Fry. Yes, sir. Born in White Plains, New York. <laughs> Hall of Fame. Lived, uh, parents from Bed-Stuy. Oh. Lived in New Hampshire. Yeah. Raised in Arizona. Yes, sir. What are you world. most excited about for the future? <sighs> Boy. To be honest, being uncomfortable. Mm. I think this has been, for me, I've never, I've only ever had to take care of Channing. Yeah. Right? Like, having partners, talking to this dude 16 times a day, like, Talking to our employees, like which is one, Joe. Shout out Joe. Like building a team, growing this, having an opportunity to, you know, we're looking to find a, a place to find home, right? Yeah. So like for us, we're like, do we want to invest in something during COVID where we don't know if people are going to be in, or do we want to invest in inventory and do the work ourselves, put our feet to the ground? So we invested in ourselves, and so for us as chosen, we don't have outside investors. It's us, mm. and. As much as that, it is a beast. We all put in. Nobody was like, well, I like Chosen and I want to be a part. People are like writing checks. Yeah. Right? So that's different. Yep. So for us, for me. Skin in the be, game, baby. Skin in the game. Listen, you got my whole back in this motherfucker. <laughs> okay? Listen, you got the whole back piece, right? Somebody said, what do you my want? My kids are too young to ask questions about where their parents is at. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if we didn't believe in what we were doing, it wouldn't be worth it. And I think for me. Being uncomfortable means that we are doing the right things. I'm learning. I'm growing. Yep. And that's what I wanted to yep. always do. Like, I've never looked at so many fucking P&Ls in my life. Yep. Right? So many ch charts and yep. how much yep. is glass? How much is quartz? Yep. Look at yep. the labels. Yep. Look at, like, I hate that I know how much all this shit is worth. Yep. Because, like, it's... Awesome, it takes a little of the romance out of it that we love so much. But, but, it, but to make it work, you have to do that. It takes the romance out of it until we do things like this, yeah. where I go, it is it is all worth it. These are utterly ridiculous wines. It is all worth it. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Uh, first of all, thank you both so much. Appreciate you. Oh, I mean, Lord. there's a lot of places you can spend your time. There's a lot of demands on your time. Thank you. First, it was so gracious. You got shit to do. We did an IG Live. <laughs> but like, like when I, as soon as I said, hey, man, I saw the post. I was like, you going to be in town. Can make it happen. Boom, boom. Love it. Of course. Thank you of both course. for coming in. Tell people where they can find you guys, how they can be a part of what you're doing at Chosen Family Wines. Uh, we got a website. That's basically our store at the moment, chosenfamilywines.com. Our Instagram, we're trying to shake that up from a content perspective in the wine industry. We have a wine club that I think is amazing because we are making so many unique wines. The first access you get is through, and our spring release is coming up soon. And for all you Portland people, we're actually having a pickup party at the best new restaurant in America, Con, with an after party at SoSchool downstairs. Not the wine. Our, our wine's being served in a, a space that inspired us. And then, um, yeah, man, we're, we're starting distribution. So we have a little bit in Oregon. We're opening New York as we speak, so we'll start coming out here more often, hopefully. Uh, and, again, want it to be in the right places, so let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, California's open. So it's kind of a – the pie chart's growing, uh, finding the channels that work for us. As Channing alluded to, maybe we'll go the old-school route and have our own vineyard and taste room, but to – disrupt and participate in an industry we love so much uh 
we're doing it our way, and it's called Chosen Family Wines. That's what's up. I'm going to have to come check you guys out. We'll just fucking walk around. Willamette, damn it. They Let's had to they, they yes. swim to that. Okay, everybody, until next time, cheers to the Mavericks, the philosophers, deep thinkers, and all you wine drinkers. It's your boy, MJ. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list.